As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Country roads, take me home, and I belong. Welcome to another Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Watt Harris, your host, and yes, it's Country Roads. To the place I belong. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that. Yes. We have to play it because you know what? At least one team showed up on, on Saturday night. After a little hot garbage performance that we saw. Well, I mean, the defense did all they could. The offense, on the other hand, was horrible. Alright, let's, let's turn this fucking song off. All right, we're done with that. Fun fact about that song. Well, my friends and I would drive to Ocean City on our summer pilgrimage from, uh, let's see, 1997. Well, no, it started in 98, actually. No, the first year we went is, you know, we went in 97 as seniors, but we didn't start the whole country roads um, tradition of playing, you know, what we used to do is basically from 1998 to probably the probably the last time I went to Ocean City, it was probably was 2008. We used to play the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's version of Country Roads as we were crossing the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. That was our tradition. When it was time to hop on that bridge, that song popped right on. Don't ask me why, it just was a good song to play. As you're crossing that, that big-ass bridge. And what's weird is people are like, you know, I, I see on social media where people are like are afraid of driving over that bridge. We used to love it. We loved driving over. I mean, it was like a, it was a big-ass bridge. I don't know. Maybe because we, we, we grew up in the city of bridges. You know. Only thing I can, only thing I can really think of. You know. That's the thing. We, we, we had guy trips, you know. Ocean City was our was our was our quote unquote guy trip. And people always talk about how like girl trips always end in some sort of drama, friendships end. I can tell you, you know, from a guy who's been on guy trips, especially in Ocean City. Yeah, I mean, there's been some drama there too, but I think a lot of our drama was more being the. Uh, Ages 18 to 20, where you're like out of high school and you're not drinking age yet. And, you know, you're not there yet. 
you know, you're not 21, you're not able to get in the bars. So that's, that's a frustrating thing. So you're, you're basically relegated to the boardwalk. You could go to those little um, clubs that are, you know, under 21. Maybe there's some that are 18 and over. But of course, you have to compete with the, with the, with, the, with the old creepy men at, at the uh, the old creepy men that are, that are drinking age at the clubs that can buy the girls the booze and whatever else. Yeah, I can say. Yeah, I would say probably when I was nineteen and twenty. One of the OCC trips we had. And in, in a fight in our condo, I remember. Uh, my one friend who wasn't um, 21, you know, he was lifting at the time. He was taking Andro and creatine and all that crap. He was lifting. The guy was so full of emotions, to say the least. He got into an argument with another one of my friends, and they got into a big fist kind of, yeah, fist fight pretty much. You know, that night, my friend who was on, you know, who does all the creatine and shit, you know, all the body built, you know, he was drinking Still Reserve. And we all know about Still Reserve, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about, another thing about the whole guy trips when you're in your late, you know, late teens, early, you know, not even 21. You're basically reduced also to buying cheap alcohol. You know, cheap, you know, cheap malt liquor, whether it's Mickey, Still Reserve, and whatnot. You think it's great and it's awesome. But then after a few of them, well, bad shit starts to happen. I mean, and especially if you're a guy who was into lifting and stuff and full of emotions, to say the least, when you're not drinking. Well, obviously bad things were happening. It wasn't until we after we turned twenty one and some of us had girlfriends, where these guy trips weren't as bad. I mean, we grew up and stuff. That's how it goes. But fortunately, there are some groups of men that just don't grow up. Just how it is. So let's talk about the backyard brawl because it's such an awesome thing to talk about, right? Um, I'll give you my thoughts on it. Well, for starters, I turned it off after the third quarter. I wasn't wasting my rest of my evening with this. I mean, you know, when you're 40, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm almost in my mid-40s now, I'm 44. Been through a divorce, separation, whatever. Whole bunch of other shit. I really don't, I really don't need things. If, if it's going to ruin my mood, I just have no use for it now. And when I, after I third, I mean, I could have easily turned the game off after the set, the first half, but I held on for one more quarter, third quarter. And I said, you know what? I don't care how the fuck this game turns out because even if Pitt comes back, back, back and wins it, I'm going to be miserable anyway. So I flipped on and, you know, luckily prime time was on and that's, you know, what I dealt with. Now, as we all know, West Virginia's lost their quarterback early in the game. Garrett Green was replaced by Nico Marichal, however you pronounce it. One thing I will say is that freshman backup quarterbacks tend to be a kryptonite in the backyard brawl. Case in point, uh, Pat Bostic, who was pretty much a backup, 
He backed up Bill Stahl. Had to go to Morgantown on a cool November night. What? No, not November. December, actually. It was December 3rd. It used to be November. And he, you know, somehow Pitt won that game. I mean, his QB ring wasn't that great, but he, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. <laughs> that was the key thing. That was the big difference in this game was turnovers. Uh, Phil Jerkovic turned the ball over three times. He threw three picks. He was 8 of 20 for 81 yards. And Ronnie Hammond, other than our first, other than our first drive of the of the game where we were settled for a field goal, he really wasn't much useful after that. You know, forty nine yards rushing, whatever. Pittsburgh receivers were Gavin Bartholomew, two catches thirty nine yards. Bob Means, two catches twenty five yards. Yeah, there really wasn't much else to write about. I mean, I mean, the defense did all they could. I mean, they held, they held West Virginia to seventeen points. Offense, on the other hand, was just hot garbage, like it always has. And um, I don't know what else to say about it after that. I mean, Twitter was basically us. Twitter was pretty much us pissed off and everything. I mean. I mean, this, I mean, I understand Pat sticking to his starter throughout the game because it was a closed game, but look what happened the week before. It was just, you know, he wasn't any better. And it seemed like that they were protecting him more in this game than anything else. I mean, if you're going to treat your quarterback like he is a, like he is a backup, just play the backup. Speaking of stuck in my ways, Pat Narduzzi. Um, Pat was very hard up about Keaton Slovis, who obviously is looking a lot better now with his new team. Maybe it wasn't Keaton after all. Maybe it was um, just whoever was designing our offense. Pat obviously is going to stick with his quarterback. He wants Phil Jerkovic to succeed. And my thing with this with this is if you really want Phil Jerkovic to succeed, you gotta identify your best players, get the ball in their hands, and that's about it. You gotta find ways. If you want him to succeed, you're gonna have to find ways for him to succeed because there's really not much. I mean, if you looked at the last two games, there's not much to write home about. And you've got two guys, two other able bodies behind them. One who started last year and won a game on top of it. But it seems that, you know, panarduzzi has been trying to find some sort of magic in the bottle with this transfer portal with quarterbacks. Keto on it didn't work. 
but Keto is looking a little bit better now. I mean, I thought he looked like a hot mess in their game against uh, Sam Houston State, but he's been playing better since then. And if, if, if this plays out, it may just be, well, whoever's running the offense. But there's a lot more to go around. I mean, the receivers aren't great. I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, I do like T. Quan Underwood. He's a nice guy. But it feels like... It kind of feels like the 2021 was the worst thing to happen to Pat Narduzzi. Because it seems like it's going to his head. It's ego. And, you know, as much as he much as he doesn't want to admit it, I do think he misses Brendan Marion because the receivers haven't really been the same since then. The offense hasn't worked the same since he's left. I mean, it's like... It's a, I was blaming all the drops on bad QB play last year. Part of it was, but it just seems like that, you know, these guys have forgotten how to function after he's left. But then again, a lot of these guys that um, are here now aren't really, you know, aren't Brennan's players anyway. He probably misses Mark Whipple too. But, I mean, this whole pro-style offense type of thing, I mean... If you look at the NFL today, I mean, a lot of these "quote unquote" spread offenses and shit—they're in the league now. I mean, I mean, you can you can say that those that those type of offenses, the you know that you know the Penn State runs, you know that you know Pat Narduzzi took a, a shot at. They're in the NFL. Those play those type of offenses are in, are in the NFL now. I mean, it's I don't know. The defense, I mean, did all they could. I mean, they've obviously they've taken a step back. Obviously, they're not what they used to be, but they did enough to help keep in this game. But the offense, unfortunately, Penarduzzi is stuck in his ways, and he's going to stick by his quarterback. But he's like, for me, he's become Quint. He's become Quint in the movie Jaws. Quint obviously didn't like taking advice from college boys. You know, like Hooper. A fun fact about that movie: I think in the, in the actual book, I think Hooper dies. He gets, you know, he he actually gets killed by that shark, you know, in, in the in that cage. In the movie, they kept him. In the movie, he just floats alive. Like he, that's a that's amazing about that movie. He gets out of that cage. You, Jaws has himself a meal, and he decides the you know the to leave him go. Maybe, you know, maybe he went, you know, maybe, you know, obviously Quint was an e- easy target because the boat was falling apart because, you know, Qu- Quint refused to get a bigger boat. And, um, he refused to get a bigger boat. And, he, and then, of course, when they were trying to pull the sh- lure the shark to shore, they told him to ease off the throttle. And, of course, Quint being the asshole went full, you know, went full throttle. And that's because the college boy told him what to do. And that's another amazing part about that movie is the fact that early on in that movie, Hooper takes uh, Brody on a boat. And it's one of those big-ass uh, research boats. And then they go... It's a bigger boat. And then they go to catch Jaws on that little-ass wooden boat. I don't know. 
I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words. But, the, you know, I watched the Cincinnati game last week, and I thought that they cleaned some stuff up on offense. They would be fine. Obviously, they didn't clean up nothing. Ben Sauls was two for two on field goals, so that was good. I mean, he wasn't shaking field goals, thank God. But there's really not much else. No silver lining here, and I, I can't say the pit beat themselves. Anytime you play a uh, true freshman or a redshirt, whatever, you know, because you lost your starter early in the game, I think you've earned the win. But let's look what happened in the rest of the ACC. Miami beat Bethune Cookman. Well, you know, that was on Thursday. Maryland walled Virginia. Does Pitt play Virginia? Uh, you know, here's me. I gave a Pitt preview. And I don't even know who the hell Pitt plays. Yeah, Pitt doesn't play UVA, so that's not a, that's not a winnable game. Well, that sucks. I was hoping we'd have some sort of guaranteed wins. Florida State beats Boston College 31-29. That was a really close game. Boston College came back at the end. Obviously, Pitt against BC is not a uh, guaranteed win anymore. Ole Miss, Wall of Georgia Tech, 48-23. No surprise there. Minnesota, North Carolina. North Carolina won that one, or th- you know, 31-13. Duke wallops Northwestern, 38-14. In the, Louisville beats Indiana, t- 21-14. Louisville is 3-0. Yeah, this uh, schedule for Pitt isn't looking too... Uh, it's not looking too good. Pitt's got, Pitt's got North Carolina this week, but they also got Louisville the, the, two weeks after that. I mean, how bad is Indiana, though? Makes you wonder. Wake Forest won their 3-0. Pitt's got to play Wake. Uh, NC State beat VMI. Rutgers beat Virginia Tech. Well, Pitt may have a chance in that game. I mean, if it's a shootout, Virginia Tech's going to win it. Syracuse is 3-0 as they beat Purdue 35-20. And Clemson beat Florida Lake 48-14. Well, that's amazing. I mean, this schedule for Pitt hasn't gone any easier. And that's the problem. I understand that Pender Doozy wants to treat this as a uh, preseason type of thing and that the conference play hasn't started yet. Conference play is about to start, and he has not addressed anything. And then, of course, the elephant in the room is the offense. Most teams, through conference play, work out their issues. We haven't yet, because we were in denial of them. Pitt had, a decent, Pitt had a really decent season last year. But if they had better QB play, they would have won more games. So they have North Carolina coming up, which is going to be a bloodbath. You know, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Well, it's not going to be, it's not going to be fun. Then they have Virginia Tech, then Louisville, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Florida State, Syracuse, Boston College, and Duke. I mean, I thought the high, the ceiling for Pitt was going to be nine and three this year, and the, the low ceiling was seven and five. Right now. Given their quarterback situation, it's looking a lot worse. 
their ceiling may be six and six. <laughs> but knowing Panarduzzi, he'll probably pull an eight and four out of his ass and look like a genius. But whatever. I'm done talking about that game and about the rest. What's and about you know the, the you know the, the disasterish stuff. Let's look. At, let's look at the rest of the um, what happened. Anything. Nothing really in particular interesting happened um, because it's early in the year and there's really no good games on. Although Pitt West Virginia drew about 2.41 million viewers. So yeah, I would definitely keep that in rotation. I mean, if you love SEC, I mean, Tennessee lost to Florida 2016. Bama beat South Florida 17-3. I mean, LSU beat Mississippi State. I mean, there's really not much else to go on here. I mean, there's really not much to write home. I mean, I mean, I I want scored 41 points against Western Michigan. How about that? They scored 41 points. I mean, Colorado State won their game. No, not Colorado State. Colorado, I mean, they were winning. I thought that the, that game was over, but Parby kind of thinks that Dion was losing that game on purpose to come back. Like he wanted to make it look interesting, just enough for his team to come back and you know win it. But uh, you know, as far as that that hit goes on um, on Travis Hunter, the guy that hit him has been getting death threats and things, and there's been a lot of people calling for this dude to be suspended, suspended and blackballed from college football and everything else. And you got to take an account that a lot of these people that are complaining about this don't really watch college football, don't much have an interest in it, but they do now, obviously. And they're going to, um, you know, infuse their stupidity into it. Now, let's take a look at what's been, go- what's been going on for the rest of the week. Uh, you know, Pitt, uh, well, we talked about Pitt. The Steelers won. Wasn't looking good. I mean, Kenny was 15 to 30 for 200 something yards, a touchdown to the pick. I love Kenny, but he's not really going to win fans. I mean, he's not going to, I mean, we're not going to win many games with that, with that performance because the defense isn't going to bail you out every time. But what I will say is when Kenny does have time to throw the ball, he looks a lot better. When I watched the game last, I mean, it's, this is Wednesday I'm recording this. When I watched the oh no, is it Wednesday? Fuck, it's Tuesday. My days are all mixed up. When I saw, you know, him on Monday night, let's just go with the, you know, with the, with the, with the, you know, Monday night. Um... It seemed like every um, snap he took was like a blitz in Tecmo Super Bowl. Like as soon as he got this, as soon as he hiked it, blitz. I mean, if you, I mean, if you want to boo um, Pitt's quarterback, I guess you know if you pay your ticket, you can do what you want. But I don't know. 
I say wait until um I say wait to see what happens. And if hey, if Phil starts playing very well and if the offense is clicking, we can we can all apologize to Phil and say, Hey, we were we were complete assholes. But anyways, I mean I got most of the talking on my system. Although most of the stuff that happened wasn't so much Phil Jerkovic's fault as well. Our offensive line isn't great either, but at the same time, our offensive line isn't scrambling, throwing dumb, ill-advised interceptions as well. I need to stop bitching about the passing game. Ugh. And Pat Narduzzi. I mean, the guy, I mean, I love Pat. I'm always going to support him. But yeah, he has he has his ways, and let's just hope that he, uh, for for our sake, he is right because it's going to be ugly. But I will be back. Hopefully, I can do some preview of this week's game coming up. I don't know. Depends on how I'm feeling. Later, guys. Hell to pit. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack. And the shoulder like a passing lane? Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.